0: Galatians chapter three, Galatians chapter three, verse 28. We're going to take three weeks off from our study of second Thessalonians, um, starting this morning as we have, uh, Palm Sunday coming up and then Easter Sunday following. Can you believe that that's what's happening right now? that uh, this year is already that far along. Uh, praise God. And, uh, of course, we celebrate Easter every Sunday morning uh, because Sunday morning, the first day of the week, is all about the Resurrection Day. And so that's, that's why we meet on Sundays. That's why we um, stopped meeting on Saturdays um, in the Jewish tradition um, of Sabbath and uh, started meeting on Sundays because it's the Lord's Day. And uh, we praise him for that. But this morning, I want to I think about this past week a little bit. And before I get into this past week, which in in certain respects was a very bummer of a week, um, there were also some great things. Did anybody happen to see the amazing sunset Friday night Um, as the clouds were coming in? I mean, it was just for like a minute. It was one of the most amazing sunsets I've ever seen. Um, And I praise God for that. And And I've been enjoying this week as the blooms are coming out, the trees are, you know, our uh, breaking forth, the, just so many flowers. It's, it's been a great week in that respect of, of looking at, at God's creation. And a great week in, in many other ways as well. But this was a very, very hard week um, for our community, uh, for our city, really for our country. As the, um, as the, the, the shootings took place and the, the shooter um, was from our own community and from our own church, not this particular local church, but one of our sister churches, a church that we have very very good relations with and, and relationships with. And in fact, many a number of our members at the beginning of, of midway early on you know came from that particular church um, because we were a little bit closer in, 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 in terms of mileage you know from them and we're again like, like I said started and, and born as a sister church out of their same association so this has been a a, a very, very difficult week and And I want to address some of the things that the difficulties of this week have brought forward, and and make sure that we're all on the same page as we move ahead. As as this, the stuff that started, you know, that this that that these actions, you know, took um, kind of brought to the forefront. They're going to be on our, you know, on our our minds and on our screens for a long time. And so I I just wanted to 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 address them uh, together as a church. And, and the first part of, of, uh, of what I want to address is, again, as I, as I talked about this summer, um, the issue of racism. You might have thought I was coming to that from the children's message. Um, it's, a, it's a really important subject for us not to forget about and to, and to recognize how real it is. All right? And in particular right now, speaking of Asian American racism that exists in our country and our community. Now, whether or not the shootings had anything to do with racism, we don't know that, and we're not going to judge that, and we're not going to make, you know, any more comments about that, because we don't know that. But the fact is, because of it, that issue has, has come to the forefront. And it's a real issue. It's real in our own community. My first encounter with it was about 15 years ago. I was picking some clothes up from the cleaners, and um. The guy that was uh, the owner of the cleaners, he was he was helping me, he was serving me, and um, he made a comment about how smart I was for um, washing the clothes that I just purchased before I wore them. And then he made a derogatory comment about the people who probably made that shirt, and how the only pl- the place that they belonged was on the sight end of a rifle. That was less than a mile from here, about 15 years ago, I asked him, does that mean that my Chinese son is in danger with a guy like you walking around this community? And he immediately changed his entire tune and appearance and everything else. He was just talking big and he apologized profusely gave me a wonderful gift a full-sized um camo onesie it was it was awesome it was awesome i could i use that so often in my uh, stargazing which i do from time to time i could just put that thing on and go lay anywhere it didn't matter what, it didn't matter what time of year, whatever. I was. It was like a sleeping bag with legs in it. It was. It was amazing. And it did, he didn't just give it to me because of his guilt. Although that spurred it on. It didn't fit him. It wouldn't fit hardly anybody. I mean, it fit me. So, you imagine that. It's real. Asian racism is real. And it's even more real since COVID. I was talking to someone in my um, in my adult Bible study this morning, who is Chinese American, and I asked her. I said, "How how is it going for you throughout?" She said, "She said I have so many friends in California that are afraid to leave their houses right now, and not just this week, but through this whole year. They're afraid to leave their houses not because of COVID, but because of racism." They're genuinely afraid. And so, what do we do about it? First, we believe correctly about it. And that's where Galatians um, chapter 3 helps us. and Numerous passages help us. And there, there are so many passages in scripture. You know, Genesis 12, 1 through 3 helps us. Galatians 3 talks about the church. In verse 28, says this about the church. In And these are such huge words in their context. There is neither Jew nor Greek. I'm going to just pause there for just a moment. That is such an amazing statement coming from a Jewish person as the Apostle Paul was. To say that there's no Jew or Greek. Because the Jews misunderstood so often the commands of God and the statements of God that they thought in many cases that they were the superior race of people. And that everybody who wasn't one of them, which is a Gentile, was less. And here the Apostle Paul, who had a change of heart on that subject, says, in the church, there is neither Jew nor Jew nor Greek or Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now that's a statement about the church. It doesn't matter in Jesus' eyes where you came from, what your race is, what your gender is he brings all of us in Christ together okay now that also makes a statement about the value of people outside the church because everybody that's in the church at one time was outside the church remember that i learned that i learned something like that from my uh, almost 4-year-old granddaughter the other day when i was when i was praising her for her inquisitiveness and, and how she's learning things and asking questions. And she said, you know something, Papa? People who know something used to not know it. All right. That tells you the kind of brains that's running in my family line. Okay. That's a good thinking for a three-year-old. Okay. Everybody who's in the church used to not be in the church. But the fact that once you're in the church, there are no divisions... Reminds us that everybody out there is qualified by race, by gender, by position, by language. Everybody's qualified to be in. The, the, the main qualifier, the only real qualifier, is Jesus. But there's no discrimination in the church or by the church against those outside the church. Because we know God's view of people. They are his creation. He told Abram all the way back in Genesis. That all the peoples of the world, of the earth, are going to be blessed through your seed, through your line, through Jesus. That's a statement of God's love for everybody. He made it loud and clear to Peter. Turn to Acts chapter 10. I referred to this passage a few weeks ago in our our study of 2 Thessalonians 1. But Acts chapter 10 is a great statement on this same subject. And Peter had a harder time letting go of racism than Paul did. But this is how God started working, working on him on the issue. Starting with verse 9. Acts chapter 10 verse 9. About noon the following day this is the following day after Cornelius the centurion had a dream from God about noon the following day as they were approaching the city Peter went up on the roof to pray he became hungry and wanted something to eat and while he and while the meal was being prepared he fell into a trance he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I'll let you read the rest of it later today or this week. That was a tough statement for Peter to hear. He was being told to break the dietary laws of Leviticus. And he was going to have a hard time doing that. But the whole point, as the the chapter goes on, is to let him know that he was about ready to meet a Greek that he was going to lead to faith in Christ. And he had to be ready for that, because he didn't think that that Greek, up until this dream, until this trance, he didn't think that that Greek was qualified to be a believer in Jesus Christ he would have at least required that that Greek become a Jew first. Then he would have been okay to become a Christian. But here, God was breaking that whole thing open for him and helping him to see, no, I'm working this out. I'm doing doing something special in his life. I'm doing something special in your life. And this is going to help the whole world see that everybody is qualified just by nature of being created by God. Everybody's qualified to be a child of God they must, however, believe in Jesus. And Peter wasn't even going to tell this guy about Jesus until he found out that he was qualified. That it was okay. And it's okay for everybody to hear about Jesus. Because God made us all and sent his son to save us all. But only those who receive him, according to John 1.12, to those who believe on his name, will become the children of God. But that doesn't change our attitude or our responsibility about reaching out to all peoples with love and respect. That's where we stand. As a body, as a local body, as a greater body of Christ, that's what the word of God teaches concerning racism. Everybody deserves respect and honor because we're all created in the image of God everybody and so when we hear about it when we find out that an organization or institution that we're a part of is involved in it we have to stand up we have to say something we have to stand up for people who are being discriminated against that's our responsibility it it makes things uncomfortable sometimes i wasn't that comfortable talking to that guy at the cleaners about what he had just said it was very uncomfortable You're going to be uncomfortable talking to a buddy of yours who who says something untoward about some other person because of their race or their gender or or something else about them. But it's our responsibility as, as God's children to speak up for the rest of God's children and defend them. So let's remember that throughout this entire now weeks or months of discussion that's going to be happening. Let's remember that. We, as the body of Christ, can be a tremendous help in remedying the the racism of our country. Just through our relationships, just through the people that we know. And praying for others that are involved in the same thing. And now, let's also remember that just because the shooter of these Asians, and, and he didn't just shoot Asian Americans. He shot American Americans too, if there is such a thing. Um, a non-Asian American person. So let's not assume, as, as, as some will, that his church must have been promoting that. It's not the case. I don't know if any of you saw it or, or read it or heard it, but immediately, within hours, they were, you know, the, the, the last sermon of Jerry Dockery from last Sunday was, was online, and you could listen to it. And praise God, he was preaching the word of God, as he should have been. But people were taking the things that he was saying saying, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, he's one of those guys that believes the Bible literally. He was talking about the end times, what we were singing about literally just a few minutes ago. He's one of those guys. And so immediately they started making their assumptions. Okay, since he does that, since he was taking that part literally. You know, he's probably going to be taking some other stuff literally. And this guy probably got his ideas right there in his church. And so that being said, what I want us to do right now is to, is to have a word of prayer. First, let's have a word of prayer for the, the victim's families um, that are going through who knows what right now because of the loss of their loved ones. And let's pray for the shooter and his family. And let's pray for Crab Apple Baptist Church. Because they are going through it. Because of all these assumptions and all this kind of mess that's going on. So let's just pause right now and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, this has been a tough week for so many people. A tough, hard week for the families of these people who were, who were shot and killed. This life just instantly changed for all of them. And we pray for them. We pray for those among their families who are, who are believers in Christ. And pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them and, and use them even as a witness during this time of suffering and loss and mourning. We pray for those involved in in these families that don't know Christ. That through this terrible, tragic experience and loss of their loved one, that they would be even more open to understanding the brevity of their own life and the fact that they need to make preparations for eternity and that Jesus Christ came into this world to help them do just that. To provide for them everything that they would need for forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life. And Father, we pray for the community around us, especially the Asian American community that is feeling even more threatened now than they have been through this this otherwise very threatening year. We pray that you would lead many of them to faith in Christ that don't know you. And those that do, that Father, you'd use them as loud voices of peace and of reconciliation within that community. Father we thank you for the way that that you have made us a part of that community through members of our own church who are Asian American. And we pray that you would help us to be very supportive of them in this time of of extra persecution and discrimination because of their race. Father we also pray for the young man who did the shooting and 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 we uh, we don't know hardly anything about him we don't know what what was what sparked his his actions or any of those kind of things but we know that it was a a terrible thing that he did and we and we know that he has has knowledge at least of your word and 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 of your church and relationships with with other believers and we just pray that you would work in his life and that you would that you would help him to see the uh, the wrong that he's done that he would confess it and that he would get that right with you and then father you'd give him strength to endure whatever punishment Um, he will have to endure because of his crimes. We pray for his family. We can't imagine, as we can't imagine what the the, the victim's families are going through, we can't imagine what his family is going through. And we pray your blessing on them and all the things they're hearing about their son and all the things they're hearing about their church and all the things they're hearing about themselves. We just pray that you'd give them peace and, and comfort and strength as believers in Christ. And that you'd give them also a strong witness even during this hard time. And then, Father, for our, our sister church, Crabapple Baptist Church, and their pastor, Jerry Dockery, and their leaders, we pray that you'd give them just a special um, a special gift of your grace to endure the things that are being said about them, the scrutiny that they're under, the, the possible you know lawsuits and everything else that may be, that may be found we just pray that you'd protect them and encourage them and, and grow them in their faith help them not to to give up help them not to lose heart but help them to continue as they have in the past for so many years that they would continue to be a church that shines for Jesus Christ father we we love them and 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 as as a sister church father we identify with this, this horrible thing that's happened and, and 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 now what they're going through. We just pray that you would use them to shine brightly in the way that they respond to everything uh, that happens from this point on in regard to this. And then, Father, for the leadership of our country, help us, Father, to to make policies based on facts and not assumptions. We pray that you'd help our leaders not to politicize these issues but to do the studies that they need to do, so that they can make the right kinds of legislation that will help prevent the things that are going on, and not to make, you know, snap judgments in the in the heat of the of the emotion of these things. And so we pray for all those who are involved in in making those kinds of decisions, especially for our president and vice president and those in the in the cabinet that are dealing with these issues, and then those in the in the House and Senate that will be. Dealing with legislation and all these kind of things. We just pray that you'd give them wisdom. Help them to do the right things. Make, help them to be wise uh, in their dealings. And, Father, for the Asian American community here in our own area and around the country, uh, we pray that you would protect them. Help them. And we thank you, Father, for the, for the opportunity that we have to pray together as a church. Because praying to you is the most important and most, most powerful thing that we can do. And we thank you for the privilege of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we continue to, uh, to think about the, the impact uh, that this is having on a, a local church, again, in many ways, just like ours. Let's also um, think about some of the possibilities. As, because, again, we've all heard lots of statements already this week. About, oh, well, there must be something wrong with that church. They must not be teaching well. Or they must not be keeping a good, good accountability on their membership. And, and all those kind of things. And I want to tell you something. We don't know any of that. In fact, knowing their pastor, being a friend of his, and, and, and other leaders of that church, I would, I would say those things are probably untrue. But regardless of of what happened and what the, the young man's relationship was within that church, we can learn something, some very important things for ourselves as a church as we move ahead. And can you imagine that what happened happening with us being the church? And that twenty-one-year-old man, being one of our twenty-one-year-old men, just think about that for a moment. And then let's let's ask ourselves, how can, you know, how can what we do have a have an, a negative influence on any of our membership to to do something or to be a part of something as awful as that was? And I want to read a couple of passages. And I want to remind us of how important it is for us as as an entire body, not just as a pastor, not just as as leaders, but us as an entire body to be good students of God's word. I want want you to turn uh, in the Sermon on the Mount to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 29. This is in the context of Jesus teaching in the Sermon on the Mount on the subject of adultery and lust. Verse 29, Jesus says this. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. That is gross. And we believe, as good students of God's word, who understand language and context, we believe that Jesus was using a figure of speech in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, we don't believe that all of the Sermon on the Mount was a figure of speech, but we we believe that this part, at least, was a figure of speech called hyperbole. He was making a very loud statement to the people about how important it is to address the issues of lust at their their earliest moment. We don't believe that he expected any of the people that were listening to go out and gouge their eye out or chop their hand off. Because we believe that he thought that everybody that was listening to him that, more, that day were, was guilty of adultery in some way or another. Because he, he took the adultery from not only actually committing it physically with another person, but also thinking about it. And so if they would have taken him literally, and if they thought that's what he was doing, if that's what he was teaching, then all of his disciples would have been handless and eyeless. But that isn't what happened. And so, as you hear people attack churches like Crabapple or any other church that's involved in any of these kinds of things, which happens from time to time. And they say, oh, it's one of those churches that believes, that believes in the literal interpretation of the Bible. First of all, that's a, almost a meaningless phrase. Literal interpretation of the Bible. Because we don't believe that Jesus was literally talking about cutting off hands and gouging out eyes. Does that mean that we don't believe in the literal interpretation of the Bible? No. We believe that the Bible needs to be understood in the language that it was written, in the culture and context in which it was written. and needs to be understood in terms of what the author intended his readers to know from what he said or wrote. That means sometimes what, what we're going to read in the, in the scripture is figurative. Not expected to be taken literally. Other times, what's said is expected to be taken literally and obeyed just as it's written. It's our responsibility as interpreters, and all of us are, it's our responsibility as students of God's word to understand the, the way that God uses language and the way that we understand language and to, and to understand the context in which it's written so that we make good decisions. It would be, it would be a terrible thing. And we would, and we would all think, if, if I preached on the Sermon on the Mount or, or just from what I said this morning, just having read this, if somebody leaves here and goes and cuts their hand off, we would think that's a terrible thing. That, was some, that, that person misunderstood what Pastor Dean was talking about completely. I hope you would think that. And so how do we prevent that? Well, first we prevent it by being good students of God's word. And talking about God's word with each other, not just listening to it on Sunday mornings at the 11 o'clock hour. But talking to each other and to our children about the Word of God and how to understand it properly, and what figures of speech are, and how powerful hyperbole can be, but that it can't be done literally. That would be dangerous. That would that would go against every many other things that God teaches in His Word about the the human body to go and cut hands and and gouge out eyes. To teach that and, 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 and instruct that now. Within any group of people, there are, there are any number of people who have a real problem with reality. Because of mental illness or other psychological um, issues that they deal with or, or, or uh, intellectual um, limitations and disabilities. Any number of people in, a, in, a, in the body of Christ in a local church can be dealing with those things. And it's our responsibility as family members and fellow church members to be engaging with those folks to make sure that they're not having those kinds of misunderstandings. Now, to say that doesn't mean that I'm saying, now, if Crabapple had been more careful, this wouldn't happen. I don't believe that at all. I don't know how careful Crabapple is. I don't know how careful we're being, but we need to be careful. That doesn't mean it couldn't happen to us. Because many of you are aware and have had personal experiences with people who have a psychological break in a moment. In a moment. And and no, and there was no, hardly none or almost no signs of that happening. And it just happens. Sometimes it just happens like that. Other times there are signs. And when there are signs present, we as family members and friends and church family need to encourage the people that are having those struggles to find the right kind of help and to help provide that kind of help. We do that on a regular basis here at Midway Community Church. But we're not always successful. Sometimes to even suggest that type of help means, oh, you think I'm crazy? I'm out of here. And, and we don't think somebody's crazy because we recommend some counseling or some therapy or some, or some extra study or whatever. But sometimes we think that's, that's a, that would be an important thing for that person based on the things that they've been saying. It would be good for them to, to find that kind of help and to, and to be evaluated and all those kind of things. But it's all of our responsibility, it's not just the church's responsibility. We are the church. So we, if we have a family member or a friend within the body who's struggling with those issues, who's struggling with, with the ability to understand symbolism, for example. Because figurative language is often symbolic. And, and if, we have a, if we have an adult that is having trouble with that kind of understanding, then we need to make note of that and, and try to help them understand those things. And, 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 and that's the, the kind of vigilance that we need to have with each other. That's just part of our responsibility as a local church. Now again, that's not to say... That if we do a good job with that, then we're guaranteed never to have a a, a situation happen like that. First of all, the chances of of it happening to a local church are so small. Period. But it happened less than five miles from here. So that's just a reminder. It can happen anywhere. It can happen to any church. And we just need to do our best as I believe Crabapple has been doing, and they'll probably up their efforts on the subject too. But we need to do our best to help our people understand the word of God correctly. Turn to one more passage with me. Colossians chapter 3, as we close. Colossians chapter 3. verse 5 Colossians 3, five. put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality, impurity lust, evil desires and greed which is idolatry Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And here's another great statement about racism. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Put to death, therefore, those those. Parts of our old nature. Again, the Apostle Paul wasn't expecting any of the Colossians to kill anybody in their fight against sin. We would say, the course. But not everybody says that. That's a reminder of why it's so important that we teach each other and remind each other when something is symbolic, when something is figurative, and not allow it to lose its power. We've still got to do this. We've still got to gouge out eyes and, and cut off hands in, in our fight against lust. Again, figuratively. We've still got to be putting to death areas of our lives that are, that are working against our, our growth in Christ. We've got to take those things seriously. Because it's figurative, doesn't take away its power. It doesn't take away its impact in our lives. We've got to do those kinds of things. But we have to understand it correctly. And we have to do it correctly. And so we have to work with each other in that process. We have to know each other to be able to do this. And so, one last encouragement know each other. We can't know everybody. But know some people in your church. They need you. And you need them. If you start getting crazy in your understanding of God's word and and how to apply it, you need a a person in the body of Christ to say, hey, you're losing it. And they need to know you enough they can take that from you. To bring you back down. To help you understand something. We need each other in the body of Christ. I need you, you need me. But don't expect me or the other leaders of the church to be everybody's friend in, 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 a, in a close personal way. We can't do that. But everybody in the body of Christ needs close personal friends. And so we all have to do that with each other. Make friends spend time with each other, help each other grow in our faith and our knowledge of God's word and our understanding. of it. So again, one of the benefits of that is we'll be able to notice if any of us seem to be getting off track or getting extreme in one way or another concerning the word of God and its interpretation. We need each other in that process. We need each other for a lot of other reasons as well. But in light of the things that went on this week, I wanted us just to stop and think for a few minutes about how we can be addressing the issues of racism and of helping people who misunderstand some of, the, some of the ways that the word of God is written so that we can help each other understand it correctly. Hopefully prevent some of the, some of the things from happening that, that, that do happen. But also remember, we can't prevent everything. And so we need to stay in prayer for one another, encouraging one another, and helping each other when we go through these difficult things. And so don't forget to continue praying for the families of these who have lost loved ones through this incident. And also to pray for Crab Apple Baptist Church as they, as they go through. Who knows how long this is going to last for them. But, but it, they would love to know that they have a number of sister churches that don't think they're off the wall doing something nutty but that they're a, they're a church, a sister, a sister church in Christ who's trying to honor God in their community. I believe that with everything that I am about Crabapple Baptist Church. And I hope that you'll remember to pray for them and encourage your friends who are members there um, as, they, as they walk through this difficult time. Let's bow together for, uh, for prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for your word. We want to thank you for its power. We want to thank you for the way that you decided in your wisdom to use human language to communicate your word and your will to us. We know that requires a lot of work on our part. Because understanding language in any of its forms is difficult. But We thank you for the help that you give us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the help that you give us by the body of Christ to understand your word and then by the power of your spirit and the help that we receive from each other to live it out in our daily lives. Help us to continue to do that together. Help us never to give that responsibility to the leadership. Help us to own that responsibility. Help us to be a church like that of Berea in the, in, in the Acts. That search the scriptures daily to see if what the Apostle Paul said was true. Help us to do that. In regard to things that I say, in regard to things that others of our leaders and teachers say. Help us to search your word. And to hold each other accountable to stay in its context, to understand what the author of these passages meant to say to the people that he was writing to, and then to learn how to interpret it and to apply it to ourselves these thousands of years later. Father, we thank you for the clarity of the way you've presented the gospel to us. The way that your word is so clear and saying that anybody, no matter what their color, no matter what their background, no matter how sinful they've been, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. Father, if there are any here this morning or, or watching online this morning who have never called on the name of Jesus to be saved, help them to do that today. Help them to give up whatever else they've been trusting in to try to take care of their eternal life. Help them to give those things up and to believe in Jesus alone. We pray this in his great name. Amen.